the church of the Hollywood Bee Cowboy is rolling now. Just like those great bee westerns of the 1930s and 40s. We've come together here, my friend, and it's so good to have you along. John McFlanagan, Church of the Hollywood Bee Cowboy, where we worship, honor, and show love and respect to the men and women who thundered across that silver screen in the 1930s and 40s. Silent Film's going to be honored here, too. Got a couple episodes of the Silent Western coming up. I think you'll get a real kick out of I want to turn you on to Silent Westerns. Boy, they are fun to watch. If you enjoy a silent film like Chaplin or any of those people, Buster Keaton, any of those people, wait till you see a good silent Western, one that's good quality, great story. Oh, my gosh. And some of them have been preserved. God bless the people that preserve silent film. God bless the people that preserve these B cowboys. If they weren't around, I, I don't know what I'd do. I mean, Bob Steele did you know, 150 B-Westerns. Johnny Mac Brown, the guy I'm named after, did 131 B-Westerns. I mean, these people did a lot of work. Uh, I think Buck Jones died in the Coconut Grove fire in Boston, New Year's Eve of 42. I think Buck Jones did like 136 B-Westerns. These people did a lot of work. It can't just vanish. I'm not going to allow it. And you're not going to allow it either. And that's what we're doing here at the Church of the Hollywood Bee Cowboy. Thanks for being along. My name is John Mac Flanagan. I have three names. I know. I was in radio as a disc jockey for 36 years, two months. They called me McFlanagan, McFinnigan, McFlarigan. No, no. It's three names. I come from New Mexico. We get three names in New Mexico, like Billy Bob Thornton and Joe Bob Briggs and all that. We get three names. John, J-O-H-N, Mac, M-A-C-K, my last name, Flanagan, F-L-A-N-A-G-A-N. And I please, I want you to send me an email. I want to get in touch with you. Whatever planet you're on, if you can get an email to me, Jojo Mac. And you spell it all lowercase, of course, always. J-O-J-O-M-A-C-K. Be sure you put that K on it, my friend. It's not going to get to me if you don't put that K on it. If you put M-A-C, it's not going to make it. J-O-J-O-M-A-C-K, Jojo Mac, 2006-2006 at yahoo.com. Shoot me an email. Just put church on it. You don't have to put all that Church of the Hollywood Bee Cowboy. I did that on purpose. I started my podcast, and I, I like to research and you know study. And I'm trying to get an angle here, friend. I'm trying to get an edge on somebody. <laughs> I checked it out. 20,000 podcasts, roughly, give or take a few million. Huh? 20,000 podcasts are being done at this time. And I said, move over. Here comes 20,000 and one, Church of the Hollywood Bee Cowboy. And the name came to me. I said, God gave me a name for this thing. Well, it's going to be podcasts and newsletters. I'm going to do a newsletter. It's I've got the letterhead and everything done for it. It looks really, really cool. It's a rope design that a friend of mine made that says Church of the Hollywood Bee Cowboy. It's got two big stars on each side of it. And underneath it, it says podcasts, and there's a small star newsletters and there's there are two small lines that's going to be the 
letterhead for my newsletter. I love newsletters. I'm a newsletter fanatic. I did a newsletter on the B Cowboys for 16 years. It started out as a film club in 1996, and I called it the Buckaroo Crew. And uh, the newsletter was going to be the Buckaroo Review. And uh, then I found out a very famous <laughs> B Western newsletter had been done forever called The Review. I said, well, shoot. I didn't have another name. I'd already done the project for a while when I found out about The Review. So I just dropped the name, and it became, as I like to call it, The Newsletter with No Name. Why does it need a name anyway? I never dated an issue of it. What's a date mean? What's it mean that I wrote it in April of 1998? What's that signify? It doesn't mean anything to me. I wrote it as actually kind of a manuscript for a book, and who knows, someday I might make a book out of that 16-year newsletter. Anyway, I started to God Gave Me Church of the Hollywood P. Cowboy. I can see people scrolling through these 20,000 podcasts and they hit church. Wait a minute, church, church, what's that? What's church all about? And then they see B. Cowboy. What's a B. Cowboy? I, I, don't know what, I don't know what a B. Cowboy is. And they see Hollywood, and they say, hey, it's something about movies, something about film, Church of the Hollywood B. Cowboy. And then I come on, and I'm talking about the 1930s and 40s and silent film. Hopefully, somebody's going to say, hey, John, you got something going there. I want to be part of that. And I hope you say that, and I hope you send me a newsletter. I look forward to getting it. Uh, This is episode number six. Volume number one. I plan to do 10 episodes per volume. So we'll have volume one through 10, volume two, one through 10, volume three, one through 10, and so on and so forth. We are at volume one, episode six. And what we're going to talk about now is how do I build a B-movie library? How would I even start, John? Why you know all these people. Once you see them, you'll go, oh, oh, I know all about him. Oh, yeah, I know I know who that is. Yeah. Uh, I have recommended a DVD. It's a two-DVD set. Now, I want to warn you, friend, you're not going to get the making of. <laughs> you're not going to get any interviews. You're not going to get any extras. You're not going to get subtitles. You're not getting a darn thing. But 25 movies. I checked on the web the other day. I, I think it cost $5 and something from Amazon.com. I found them before on uh, eBay, and they were $3 and something for 25 movies. The title is 25 Western Classics. Uh, there's a subtitle above on kind of a ribbon, Best of the Best, Collector's Edition. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Down at the bottom, it says digitally remastered, audio enhanced. Yeah, right. It's from Pacific Entertainment. It says Pacific Entertainment presents best of the best. Collector's Edition, 25 Western Classics, two-sided, two double-sided DVDs. Okay? So you're actually getting about four DVDs. they got 25 films. Uh, some of them... Uh, uh, Randolph Scott, Abilene Town. I love Randy Scott, but his, he's not a B-Western guy. He's an A-Western guy. Didn't do B-movies. B-movies were 
one hour, slightly less productions. They were hacked down, actually, when television came along so they could run them as one-hour movies and fill commercials. So they'll, a, a, a TV B-Western that's been edited will be about 55 minutes. They're around one hour. That's why I love them so much. They come and go. Bing! They come and they're gone. Uh, a B-Western was shot in three days, uh, anywhere from $4,000 to $7,000, maybe 11000 Now, when Hoppy came along, and I've already covered William Boyd, I think it was episode four, I covered Hoppy, uh, the Hoflong Cassidy phenomenon. That first Hoflong Cassidy film cost $80,000. It was made by Paramount. They made the early Hoflong Cassidy films. Those films cost a lot of money, and William Boyd was paid $100,000 a film eventually. And there had been a depression, my friends, so eh, we're talking about some major money. But a B-Western is a, is a four dollars to $7,000 production, maybe 11000 shot in three days. These things would return $90,000, $96,000. That's why people made them. You and I would get together, we'd hammer out some kind of script with somebody. Maybe we'd get Harry Frazier, my buddy who wrote They Went That Away. I've got his book, and Harry directed and wrote for everybody. John Wayne, Rex Bell, Buck Jones, Hoot Gibson was his best friend. He just worked with everybody. His name is all over film, Harry L. Frazier. He's a great man. Study Alpha Bunny, if you can. Anyway... Uh, the, we'd get somebody to ride it. We'd get a location, some horses, uh, maybe rent the horses and get some actors. Hopefully we'd get a star. Oh, God, please give us a star to walk out in a big hat and gun and a star in our movie. And we'd crank this thing out in three days, and we'd make some money. I mean, a lot of people did. Uh, this 25 Western classic set... It's got Painted Desert, the first movie, Bill Boyd. This is Hopalong Cassidy, but, friend, it, it's when sound first came in, in 1930 or 31. He's pretty stilted. He's not the Hopalong Cassidy that we knew and loved in 1935 uh, through 1948. I'll guarantee you that. Alan Rocky Lane mentioned him. His movies are plastic to me. I'm sorry. I love Alan Rocky Lane. He's one of my favorite people. I just wish I could have grabbed a hold of him and said, hey, Harry Frazier is going to direct. We're going to go out in the desert and we're going to make a movie. It's going to be kind of raw because the best Westerns are like that. Roy Rogers, uh, Lee Van Cleef, Grand Duel. Hello. I think it's a spaghetti Western. Get it out. <laughs> it's not part of our B-Western crowd, our B-Western elite. Then we hit Roy Rogers, a lot of Tex Ritter on here, Song of the Gringo, Tex Ritter's first film, 1936. He was uh, the, I guess you'd say he was the third singing cowboy. Of course, you're going to ask me the first, and that's Gene Autry. Gene Autry's got five stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. The second B cowboy was a guy at Warner Brothers, and you're going to ask me, and my name went blank. <clears throat> his name went blank in my mind now. I can't think of his name. Anyway, uh, he was the second singing cowboy, and Tex Ritter was number three. Song of the Gringo. There's a lot of Tex Ritter on here. Arizona Days, Mystery of the Hooded Horseman. Probably the best Tex Ritter film made, 1937. 
uh, Rolling Plains, My Pal Trigger, Roy Rogers. That was Roy Rogers' favorite film. Uh, Buster Crab, Billy the Kid Trap. Buster Crab and Fuzzy St. John did 41 films together. Oh, God, they're great. But the guy who directed their stuff did a paint-by-number thing. He did like 450 films. Uh, the, the guy who directed Buster Crab at uh, PRC, Public uh, Producers Releasing Corporation, PRC. Man, it was on the bottom of the Hollywood totem pole. That, that, that movie studio was down there. Buster Crab quit when the sun had gone away pretty much and they'd taken the horses back to the stable and they wanted him to chase the bad guy on foot. <laughs> Buster Crab took off his 10-gallon hat and threw it in the dust and said, Hey, I'm out of here. And he said, Before I was off the studio lot, they'd signed Lash LaRue. Busty, uh, Fuzzy St. John was Lash LaRue's sidekick, and they were off and running. A whole new chapter began, so <laughs> life went on. Anyway, Buster Crab and uh, Fuzzy St. John, you'll like them a lot. Uh, John Wayne, Sagebrush Trail, is part of the Lone Star series. He did 16 films, two eight-film packages. Blue Steel is on here. It's the next to the last film listed. Man, I think that's one of the best B-Westerns made. John Wayne, Gabby Hayes, Blue Steel. Shot in Lone Pine, my place on the east side of the Sierra, Highway 395. Boy, I tell you, you ever get to Lone Pine, go. Rex Bell, Broadway to Cheyenne. There are a million dropouts on this film. That's why I love it. It makes it authentic. It jumps around and hops around, and you got to kind of make up your own dialogue, friend, because it's jumping and deteriorating and all of that. But Broadway to Cheyenne, Rex Bell. Check that out. Uh, 25... uh, 25 Westerns, uh, $5. It's available at Amazon.com because I saw it. I want you to get a copy. That'll that'll get you started. That'll be the basis of your your library, and you'll be off and running from there. Got to go. Got to wrap it up. That's it for this volume, volume number six. Or I'm sorry, episode number six. There we go. Episode six, volume one, Church of the Hollywood Bee Cowboy. We've done it, my friend. We've ridden that purple sage on the silver screen. And I thank you for being here. I'm John McLanagan. We will meet again.